0: Good morning, saints. Morning, sinners. In the name of the one who is, who wasn't, is to come. Good morning and Merry Christmas to everybody. Thank you. My friends, this is a day the Lord has made. What shall we do in it again? Much better. Turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. As I mentioned last week, each of the gospel writers has their own spin on Christmas and the birth of Jesus, and Luke's, you'll remember, is probably the most vivid and detailed. Listen to the word of the Lord. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. Now, this was the first census, and it was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to their own towns to be registered. And Joseph, he also went from the town Nazareth in Galilee to Judea in the south to the city of David called Bethlehem, because Joseph was descended from the house and the family of David. He went to be registered there with Mary, to whom he was engaged And who was expecting child? And while they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth, laid him in a manger, because there was no room or place for them in the inn. Now, in that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and the shepherds were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for you see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. Now when the angels had left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Well, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that's taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. And so they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. And when the shepherds saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what these shepherds told them. But Mary, she treasured all these words, pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard, just as it had been told them. My friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God indeed. Years ago when I lived outside of Disney World in Celebration, Florida, I remember one Sunday morning early in the development's opening, um, looking up and seeing an airplane that would write messages above the Disney theme park with smoke. And uh, the first pilot, I noticed, would, would patiently make this large circular uh, shape and then stop. And it looked like the letter C. And then the pilot would, would bank and do a 90-degree turn and do a little dash over a part of the C. And it was no longer a C anymore. And so, Everybody we got in this habit of is what is this? What's this? What's this guy writing? And so then after the little dash he loops back around and he dives straight At another 90 degree angle and he does this long line connecting the dash and What we saw was not a C It was the letter G and so we all begin. We many people in here. We just we never seen this happen so regularly, and we watched. And he spelled out very slowly in the five minutes there, "God loves you." God loves you with smoke. And I realized this is what this guy's ministry was, or this gal's ministry was. I don't know what I discovered, that there was this individual who took it upon themselves to make a ministry of skywriting Christian messages in the sky for tourists at Disney. Every few days ago, so the sky would fly in the airplane and check things out and paint messages over Disney. And it was quite entertaining. It was very quaint for a while. But time passed by and the skies over southern Orlando near Disney began to have this so much sky riding, it almost looked like aerial combat was going on. Soon, car dealers were up in the sky scribbling their ads in smoke. And then came the ads from Hooters along with the gentlemen's clubs vying for business. And after a while, you just quit looking at the sky for the signs. You just saw smoke. The messages meant nothing. You quit bothering to even look. The skies became too crowded with conflicting messages, with contradictory messages. Friends, this is what I fear is happening to the message of Christmas. The birth narratives have become too familiar with people in our culture. To others, they've become hackneyed. Yes, Mary, Joseph, angels, shepherds, cows lowing off someplace, who's watching the sheep? They've lost their meaning to me. Christmas is all about buying gifts, isn't it? Are we really, really celebrating Christmas anymore? A recent story in the Atlantic magazine indicated Americans still love Christmas, it said, if not quite as much as they used to. But in 1995, it said 96% of uh, those polled celebrated the holiday. Um, By 2019, that number had dropped a little bit to 93%. But what this article pointed out was, is what significantly changed was the way people were marking the holiday between 2005 or 1995 and 2019. You see, apparently, between that time, the portion of Americans who say their Christmas celebrations were strongly religious dropped from 47% to 35%. So, 35% of the people in 2019 said that Christmas was a religious experience for them. Gallup went on to um, report, conversely, that among those who celebrate Christmas, 26% of them say their celebrations aren't religious at all. So, we take that. 35% and the 26%, and if my math is correct, it means that those of us in our country who are left, a rising percentage of roughly 40% of the people polled by Gallup are embracing the holiday season as opposed to the true Christmas season. And not only that, there's that other 26% of the population who just don't care at all about what Christmas is. Let's face it, the cathedral of Amazon and Bezos is racking up more than the church is these days. Consequently, beloved, I want us to focus on the angels' words to the shepherds this morning in our story. In the midst of their ordinary, mundane routine, the angels appear to these shady shepherds. And the shepherds were not, you know, the, 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 the greatest known group of people back then. Um, they were kind of looked on with askance. Um, but the angel chose them and said, now, this will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth, lying in a manger. This will be a sign for you. Now the shepherds, they had been given a sign that drove them to check out this outlandish claim and this assertion of the angel. They were given a sign. It makes each of us want to ask, what's your sign? Growing up in the late 70s, the popular line people asked, hey, what's your sign? Yeah, they wanted to know what your astrological sign was, um, what you were aligned with to see if their sign aligned with your sign to see if maybe fireworks? If I was asked, I would reply that, well, my sign is an Aries because I was born in April, and they, that would get them all excited. Well, this, this tells the other person that because I am an Aries, the ram, uh, I'm courageous, bold, I take initiative, I'm spontaneous. And social convention then would dictate that I turn around and then ask them, what's your sign? Thus helping both of us get to know each other and our compatibility. But the problem with astrological signs is they are always pointing to ourselves. They point to me. They point to you. I don't think that's what the angel had in mind. This Christmas, it is my prayer that each of us become students of semiotics. Semiotics that each of us become students of semiotics. That is, disciples learning to look and read the signs pointing to Jesus. Scholar Jose Riera describes semiotics this way. He says, have you ever wondered why black is traditionally used as the color of mourning in the West? Or why the eagle symbolizes strength and power in various countries. You see, in other words, what is the meaning behind these signs that we have in our culture? Where did they come from? Who decided what they pointed to? Semiotics is the science of studying signs the angel was asking the shepherds to become semioticians, and they didn't even know it. Semiotics is the science of studying signs, whether written, imagined, imaged, whatever. And it's the study of how they derived their particular meaning. Signs always point To something beyond themselves, unlike those astrological signs that point to me. Semiotics, the study of signs, means these signs point to a greater reality than me. So for example, as people of faith, the child wrapped in swaddling clothes and placed in a manger points to this incredible news that God has bent the bow of time and has moved into the neighborhood and lives next door among us. Is able to relate with us. Wants to interact with us. And live with us. And that allows you and me that sign of a child wrapped in swaddling clothes, that we can get to know God, our neighbor. The one who is, who was, and is to come is living among us. And then we are commissioned by the Lord once we encounter this child wrapped in swaddling clothes to become living signs ourselves, this living, a living example of this child wrapped in swaddling clothes as we go out to the world and point to the real meaning in the culture of what the baby is about. What's Christmas about? So as your preacher, when I ask you, what's your sign? It's not about describing you. As it is so much is, what is the sign you are giving to those in your neighborhood that Christmas matters? What is the sign you are giving where you work? or you work out? That Christmas is more than just a party. It's more than just opening presents under a tree. That the way you and I are signing to the world means that Christmas matters. That this baby in the straw means something. What's your sign, beloved? What's your sign? How are you, how am I pointing to Jesus? This morning we had the privilege, and it was a privilege, to participate and be a part of pointing Jesus in the plan of God to these young men in baptism. In baptism, Carol and Lauren invited you and me in to share the gift of God's grace to their children in their baptism. Bert and Liam's baptism is reminding all of us that their baptisms point not to themselves. If all we see is Bert and Liam getting water on their head this morning, we're missing it. What that means is we, they are pointing, their baptisms point to the fact, God has adopted you and me just as we have adopted these beautiful young men. They remind us that in our innocence, in our helplessness, in our brokenness, baptism is given to us as a gift of love by God. We don't deserve it. We can't earn it. But we are adopted by grace into the family of God. Their baptism is a sign for each and every one of us in the church that we have a responsibility to walk alongside these boys and their incredibly, wonderfully gifted mamas and teach them the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? So they will grow up and be radiant signs of Jesus to others in the world. Christmas continues. On a deeper level, my friend, the boys' baptisms are signs that point to a larger reality, that if Christmas has lost its mojo to people in the world, if Christmas has been replaced with shopping, partying, and is now a reflection of the culture, then it is a sign to us, church, we need to be doing a better job of pointing the way to Jesus for others to follow. Amen. Liam and Bert's baptisms are signs that point to God's unfathomable grace and love and desire for us to welcome Jesus into the neighborhood of our heart, our home, our office. The baby in the manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes, is a sign of God's ins- incredible love and hope for you and me, for us, church. And the question I want us to haunt us as we leave this day, in the coming days, is what sign is my life? Your life? This church's life? What sign is it pointing to? What is the object it's pointing to? And is it saying and pointing to the reality that we really believe and that we really hope in this Christmas miracle? Oh, my beloved, may the Holy Spirit haunt us until we figure that out. Pray with me. Holy Spirit of God, you are incredible. What wonderful gifts. Lord, what what is our sign is more than a Jeff Foxworthy routine. Lord, it's honest. What is the sign we are pointing others to? What are we showing others when we talk about Jesus and the church? Lord, fill us with Christmas hope. Remind us to reclaim the promises you give us, the love you give us, that we will point to others, not to ourselves, but to the child wrapped in swaddling bands of cloth. We ask this in Christ, our Lord's precious name. So be it. Friends, let us stand and celebrate our closing hymn. Let's go tell it on the mountain.